0: Saturday with Colm O'Mongon on RTE Radio 1.
1: Hello again. Well, the controversy continued this week over the Irish Strategic Forestry Fund. In case you missed all the fuss, it's a joint venture between the national semi-state forestry company Quilche and UK fund managers Gresham House. Quilche will identify land and forests for the fund to buy and then it'll manage the planting and harvesting. Gresham House, the asset manager, will raise the funds and manage the money side of things. The target is £200 and so far the biggest investor is the state investment fund which has put in 25 million euro. But there is serious political opposition to it, as well as almost unified anger across farming and environmental groups, and even in government, where the message from key figures this week has been, in essence, it's too late to walk out of the deal, but it's not the way we want to do things. Have a listen to some of what went on, both inside and outside the dial, in the last couple of days.
2: The structure of the deal between Kilcha, Icef, and Gresham House is not her preferred option. Her preferred option is for farmers to plant forests on their own land. But
3: no
1: no well, you see, it's clear the minister was in on this deal. This was hatched for quite a number
4: of years. Kilcha have absolutely lost their way. That is in the forest, and it's a appalled by the cultural proposals, which I described at the time as a land grab. Right now this whole thing is about as clear as much
2: it's pouring more money
1: into the equation. It's going to drive farmers off the land, there's no doubt in the working about
4: it. Haven't met anyone who's pro this deal other than people in power.
1: Now the, some voices of the protest outside the Dáil uh, during the week with the asset manager in question here as I said is Gresham House and earlier I spoke to its investment director Joe Carroll, who's based in their Dublin office and I began by trying to establish whether Gresham House had approached Quiltia with the proposal to set up this new partnership the Irish Strategic Forestry Fund or whether Quiltia had approached Gresham House.
0: Well the Irish Strategic Forestry Fund was established by Gresham House and we established that in quarter two of last year in anticipation of the investors and the partnerships and the pipeline coming together. But Quilter would have run a process to select Gresham House.
1: So just to be clear, did you know you were going to be selected? I suppose, did you establish the Strategic Forestry Fund before the contract was signed for you to be the money manager in this?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the contracts only came binding, uh, as we've stated at the end of last year. Um, but we would have you know, established the uh, the fund in advance of that. As, as is a normal practice. Quiltia would have decided on, on running a process, I guess, as a public body, that would have gone through the normal public procurement rules. Their vision, uh, which they've outlined again, which is, is, is their vision, if, if not ours, out to 2050, would have involved uh, you know, facilitating afforestation, and this was just one part of that. But this is Gresham House's core business. We've got several decades' experience in, in managing assets of this type. You know, the main objectives of the fund is it, not just about the afforestation, but it's also about trying to pull together the existing private forest estate that is not yet up to its full production potential.
1: I'll come back to that. So just in terms of the government response then to your tie-up with Quailshire, they seem to have expressed surprise, if not discontent. They called Quailshire in for a meeting. Those discussions seem to have been quite robust and now Quailshire won't be doing any more of these tie-ups. Are you surprised by what has gone on in political circles, particularly on the government side in reaction to this?
0: Uh, Look, the way we see it, um, Colin, there's a number of legitimate concerns that are quite easy for us to to allay in direct discussions with people. They're around the scale of our uh, ambition. It's around the ownership and around the competitive impact we would have on on land prices and other forest management companies. I guess there have been a lot of red herrings that are kind of quite disappointing uh, and they're certainly more difficult to raise. So what we can firmly state is that this is not a British fund, It's not a vulture fund. There's no element of privatisation. It's not a land grab. We're not monoculture and it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. And they're just not true and and kind of quite misleading. So just, I mean, seeing
1: as as you've jumped in there, Gresham House is a British investment fund, but you're not going to own the assets, is it, that are going to be bought by the Strategic Forestry Fund?
0: We're, We're a fund manager, so we don't own the assets. Our clients do, and the clients are... Pension funds, charitable organisations, uh, endowment funds, family offices, etc. So long-term, patient investors, and they're seeking investment opportunities that don't just secure, uh, you know, a, a long-term return on them, but deliver real positive environmental and social impact. So there's a strong ESG element to this fund.
1: And how are you paid? Are you paid a retainer, or are you paid a percentage of the fund's profits?
0: We get paid fees, you know, from from the client base uh, through the fund. So the the kind of profits that are generated, if you like, from timber sales, the value created through biological growth, you know, that belongs to the investors in the fund. And then they pay us a fee for for delivering on the fund objectives.
1: You mentioned there the issue of monoculture. I mean, planting one type of tree is the easiest way to harvest it. And it, it may be the most cost effective thing as well. So if you do have to return a profit to your investors, why not monoculture?
0: Because our investors aren't just interested in maximizing profit. They, they want a secure um, investment. They have steady returns. And returns on this, we're targeting a 5 to 6% return, uh, which is fairly modest relative to some other riskier uh, uh, investments they could take. But we have specific targets around environmental and social impact as well. So we have no interest in planting wall-to-wall sitka spruce, as has been suggested. And indeed, the forestry programme uh, and the previous forestry programme are structured in such a way that that can't happen if people want to uh, avail of grants and premiums. You know, you have to follow the, the guidelines, and the, the maximum anybody can plant under a new forestry programme will be 65% of any single coniferous species on, on any site.
1: Does the contract stipulate that any forest that's bought or any new forest that's planted will include public access to it? Uh,
0: well, we're not the contract we mean that that's our uh, ambition for this fund is that we want to open it up and so allow people to, to benefit from those forests as they do in Quilter Forest at the moment so most private forest uh, owners you know wouldn't facilitate public access we're quite keen to do so uh, and Quilter clearly has skills to, to do that through uh, you know, the many forest parks and indeed their own open forest uh, policy that they have.
1: Finally then, you know, you're probably aware of this motion in the doyle calling for Quilce to stop this deal, a motion by Sinn Féin. The, the government, on the other hand, saying that the contract is signed. Is there any means Quilce could pull out of this? Well,
0: I think, to be fair, the motion that was raised was raised on the back of you know, quite a few of the, the red herrings that I mentioned previously. So it is factually correct that we have a binding contract in place with Quiltshire. We are delighted to be working with them. We fully expect to deliver the 12,000 hectares over the next five years. You know, So really, from our point of view, there is no reason why Quiltshire would want to, to move away from this, uh, nor should they be forced to, in our opinion, because what we are doing is entirely consistent with the forestry programme.
1: And that was Joe O'Carroll Investment Director with Gresham House speaking to me there shortly before we came on air. Uh, the panel with me are still with me uh, Minister of State of the Department of Public Expenditure and Green Party TD for Dunleary, Laoghaire Smith Shintayn Fain TD for Galway West Mairead Farrell and Paul Murphy People Before Profit for Dublin South West uh, Oisín Smith to you first your party colleague Nessa Horrigan has called on the Agriculture Minister to find a way for Quiltia to walk out of this deal do you agree with that
2: call? Um well, look, I think that it's very important that we have more trees in Ireland that we need more afforestation. We have one of the lowest rates of afforestation in Europe. You know, We've got about 10.5% of our country covered in trees, whereas other countries are 40%. So we've got a long way to go. And half of those forests are Quiltia. And as, as was said, with public access for people to go and walk in broadleaf forests and so on. And the other half are privately owned, nearly all of them by farmers. So the future of forestry in Ireland is Quiltia getting more land, and, far- and farmers planting more land. And I think that the, the role played by a fund like this is tiny. Like there have been forest funds, there have been forestry funds in Ireland for decades. You saw them advertising in the newspapers, you can invest your money in this. And, uh, you know, it's a long, slow return on investment. But they, are, they play a very, very small role. And this particular So there's nothing here in project, principle
1: that you uh, have cause to be concerned about. You would, in theory or, or in practice, support this
2: i prefer to see farmers planting, planting uh, forests and Quilcher planting forests. But if, a pen, if your pension wants to invest its money in trees, I mean, should, should they not be allowed to? I mean, I, 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 honestly, <laughs> I honestly don't see that we should, we should stop people from they're planting, public, planting more. Well, they getting public some, money. Uh, uh,
1: but uh, but on, on, on that, Paul Murphy, ethical investment, invest in trees rather than oil, fossil fuels, arms,
3: so let's look at what Quilcher says. Quilcher has a Frequently Asked Questions document. The fund is designed to generate profits from the business of forestry and timber production. That These are people looking for a profit. It's a corporate takeover. They're getting public money and then they're going to end up as private profits. And that means... Well, they're not entirely private
1: profits. The Irish Strategic Investment Fund has put £25 on the
3: table, so some of the return from this will accrue to the state. Sure, but the problem is this is being done on a for-profit basis. And that isn't some abstract point. That has real consequences. That means that this is not going to be done in a way that is going to tackle... The massive biodiversity crisis we're in—we're in a sixth mass extinction event, with seventy percent wildlife populations collapse over the last fifty years. And monocultural Sitka spruce forests—the people will be familiar with—they're these dead zones; they're graveyards of biodiversity. That makes the problem worse. It, yes, we need more trees; we need a lot more trees, I'm, but we need the right type of trees. And you don't accept—you don't—you no, sure. don't
1: accept what Joe Carl said there—that that sixty-five percent maybe.
3: 65% exactly that's, that's not, what he's telling us now elsewhere he said sure, but up to 80%
1: it's not the same as monoculture well no it? but
3: that, that effectively is going to be 65% of the, the land area will be monocultural sick as Bruce and then they might have others that are broadleaf and so on but this is going to be extremely bad for biodiversity extremely bad in terms of what long term impact on climate extremely bad for small okay, farmers right. just just one question just, no, arises wait, right because the, the I, government I, I, has no, claimed I, I'll come back to you because okay.
1: I want to go to Mairead Farrell on this Mairead Farrell Um, You've called for for Quiltia to walk away from this, but that would be a breach of contract. The fund, as it's been established, is set up in compliance with the relevant European directives. It's not a good look, is it, for a government to walk in and cause breach of contract and walk away from European directives? This is exactly what people were complaining about the British government doing when it came to breaching the terms of the Northern Ireland Protocol.
4: Are you equating the good Friday, issues surrounding the Good Friday no, Agreement? No, I'm saying that if a government this, I mean, apologies, I, but I think that's actually really disrespectful to people who um, who are really impacted not, by the by the Good Friday Agreement and, and, and the years after that. Um, so no, I'm suggesting that a government. I'm suggesting that
1: a government engaging in a breach of contract is not necessarily a good look for a government, and you're advocating it in your third motion.
4: I, I look, to be honest, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to comment on that because I do think that's quite astonishing. Um, but look, there's a number of issues No, hang um, on a second. I've asked you I've asked a specific
1: that. question. You have encouraged Kweelcha to walk away from this deal. That is a breach of a binding contract. Are you expecting the government to play a role in a semi state breaching a contract if it can do so? Or are you expecting a semi state to breach a contract that it has entered into willingly?
4: I absolutely think that Quiltia should walk away from this. There's absolutely no question um, in my mind in relation to this. And I think there's an issue here where, that is often kind of forgotten about in this entire debate. Um, and that's the fact that, you know, farmers, local communities, state bodies, they were we were reaching our targets in terms of the 8,000 hectares a year in 2010. Indeed, we were higher than that. And 95% of that was actually being planted um, by farmers. And then we saw a change in the grant schemes and that allowed then um, private ventures coming in and a change. It completely it made it and it did to be fair cause huge problems for local communities and yes i do think that the government and i think that the ministers need to be very clear that they don't want quelsher to go ahead Now, what we've seen over the last number of weeks is that um, the government nearly said that they, they weren't aware of this but we do also know that if you look at the if you go through Quilch's annual reports it makes constant reference to the need for shareholder approval when it comes to these big decisions um, and my party colleague Matt um, Carthy through a parliamentary question received a response and it showed that Minister McConnell actually confirmed that a shareholder letter of expectation was issued to Quilch on the 2nd of June of 2022 and included um, a direction to Quilch's to develop initiatives all to right. support and realize the planting of such um forests so he's telling us now that it was not the preferred option he's also went in front of the agricultural committee and said that Quilcher are looking to give 10 million into this the reality is that um, deals all can't right. go ahead if the but sorry this all is important deals can't go ahead if um, the obligations aren't met so that's that 200 well, million okay, so what I, we're saying very clearly okay, is no, that I, the minister I, I, I'm should I'm through gonna, a shareholder letter I, say not for that 10 million to be given by kwecher they should be investing she, that in themselves
1: Oceanhin Smith um the government has expressed surprise about this they it, it, they've reacted as if it came for a shock to them but as I was addressed in that answer to uh, Matt Carty's uh, parliamentary question there's a specific shareholder agreement with qui and, and and, and uh, the government that specifies that these private arrangements can be entered into so why be surprised when they are entered into
2: yeah it's I mean the sh- so Quilcha is is, um, is an independent in its commercial function, but it's owned by the government, right? So, you know, it's, a, it's allowed to carry out its own operations and sign contracts, but it is owned by the state and we can give them policies to follow uh, if we want. And let's be proportionate here. Let's be realistic. We're talking about 3,500 hectares, which is what's in this contract. And at the same time, we're developing 450,000 hectares, which is the forestry programme. And a third of that, and I think it is really significant, that a third of that will be beautiful, broadleaf, oak and ash forests and open space and that, all of that land, all of that Quilch land is going to be available to people to enjoy uh, in the future. And I think that, pe- like, my feeling is that the way that forests have been developed in Ireland have, over the last decades has been very negative. We're all used to seeing this kind of I mean, chessboard just, pattern just up on the mountains you, you, of the way that you the say forests this, used to be developed.
1: You say this is a good thing, but you have now come out under considerable political pressure and said they're not going to enter into deals the like of this uh, again. Where was that pressure applied? Why was that pressure applied if this is such a good thing,
2: uh, well, what I said is that I 'd prefer wheelchair to develop forests and for farmers to develop forests and you know I, I, and you know Paul Murphy says and and this, that would be the, that would be my preferred options. Paul Murphy has said that there shouldn 't be any profit involved, but half of the forests are being developed by by farmers who of course, want to make a profit I mean that 's why they're, they 're going to make a livelihood out of it. so um I think what, what is going to happen in the future is that we are going to have a lot more forest being delivered by both Quilcha and by farmers. And farmers are getting a higher incentive to do it than, than anybody else. They get out, they've get they got an enhanced package compared to any, anybody else who invests. And there will be a small amount of, uh, of, of funds who are planting right. their own forests.
1: Paul Murphy, just did, uh, the... One of the other complaints is that this would lead to a spike in land prices, but if Quilchia was given the money to acquire this kind of land, it would also involve, involve Quilchia spending money in the land market and could also involve a spike in land prices. It's not specifically tied to the role of the Irish Strategic Forestry Fund.:
3: That's true, um, which is why I think like a plan, a proper plan for afforestation and rewilding, by the way, um, needs to include both Quilture. Buying up land um, and leaving lots, lots of us to rewild, which is actually the best way to develop forests in a sustainable way, both in terms of biodiversity and Which in terms would have of an impact on the, on the market. But, but also, to match that, we need to change our entire model of farming. And we need to incentivise farmers by paying them, pay them to engage in rewilding on their own land, engage in, in, in aforestation. an annual payment in perpetuity. We, we, we currently pay farmers every year. In any case, we currently incentivise them to engage in industrialized farming, which is very damaging in terms of biodiversity, which is very damaging in terms of being the biggest emitting sector. So, yes, we need to completely change our model of farming and that will involve paying farmers a decent income, the majority of whom don't have at the moment. But one point is the government has a peculiar line on this because half the time they're saying we didn't know anything about this and we agree it's not a good deal and we won't be doing it again. Then the other time they're kind of saying, Well, this isn't such a bad deal, and like what's the problem with it? So they need to get their story straight. But also the story that they didn't know anything about it, I don't buy it. Okay. I don't buy it. But also the, the, what we heard earlier, the fact that they had a deal in quarter they were prepared for this in quarter two. Do we really believe the government okay. didn't know anything about it? The I, deal needs uh, to be uh, scrapped. Right. M- I think Marie as Far- well,
4: just just on one thing, and I think like we have to realize that there's a lot of anger out there in farming communities um, and uh, and in rural communities about this. And what we often hear when we're talking about the climate Climate, um, you know, the climate crisis that we're in, and um, there can be a lot of a blame game on on, on ordinary farmers. And here, ordinary farmers telling us we want to do this. This is something that we want to do. Um, and what we're seeing is the state actually, you know, stepping in uh, uh, and allowing this kind of a vulture fund to to, to, to take their place. Well, this is something that farmers in fairness have.
1: Would you make any distinction? Would you make any distinction between the, the the fund that will be doing the buying? is a fund that is part invested in by the state itself. Gresham House is the asset manager of this fund, not the fund itself. So to characterise it as a vulture fund suggests it's coming in and buying distressed assets. Do you think that's fair or accurate?
4: Well, what I would think is that when we are talking about the climate crisis and any crisis that we have to deal with, what we need to see is um, political leadership from the state to bring communities with us on things. This is something that we can bring communities with us on in relation to um, afforestation. But instead, what we're seeing is um, that whatever you want to call it, column or whatever anybody wants to call it, a fund coming in um, and, uh, and and taking the place of local communities and farmers who want to engage. Like land is extremely precious um, for rural communities. It's extremely precious for farmers. There's a love of the land out there. They want to work on that land and they want to um, to, to, to sure. plant these okay. forests and it shouldn't be taken away from communities.
1: OK, all right. We're going to come back to issues relating to the cost of living after this break.
4: Saturday with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1.